this is Devin, and you're listening to Sleepy Shakespeare. We had a delay in Act 4 due to me running out of time to record. I know you were waiting anxiously on the edge of your beds to find out what happens to our characters in the Comedy of Errors. So we're picking up Act 4, which has four scenes. So I'm probably going to split this one into two episodes. So we'll be really behind on the comedy of errors, but it's okay. Before we begin, we'll listen to a quick ad. Act 4, Scene 1, A Public place. You know, since Pentecost, the sum is due, and since I have not much importuned you, nor now I had not, but that I am bound to Persia, and want guilders for my voyage. Therefore, make present satisfaction, or I'll attach you by this officer. Even just the sum that I do owe to you is growing to me by Antipholus. And in the instant that I met with you, he had of me a chain. At five o'clock, I shall receive the money for the same. Please let you walk with me down to his house. I will discharge my bond and thank you too. That labor you may save. See where he comes. While I go to the goldsmith's house, go thou and buy a rope's end that I will bestow among my wife and her confederates for locking me out of my doors by day. But soft, I see the goldsmith. Get thee gone, buy thou a rope, and bring it home to me. I buy a thousand pound a year, I buy a rope. A man is well holed up that trusts to you. You promised your presence and the chain, but neither the chain nor goldsmith came to me. Be like you thought our love would last too long, if it were chained together and therefore came not. Saving your merry humor, here's the note. How much your chain weighs to the utmost carat, the fineness of the gold and chargeful fashion, which doth amount to three odd ducats more, than I stand debted to this gentleman. I pray you see him presently discharged, for he is bound to see and stays but for it. I am not furnished with the present money. Besides, I have some business in the town. Gensignor, take this stranger to my house, and with you take the chain, and bid my wife. Disperse the sum on the receipt thereof. Perchance I will be there as soon as you. Then you will bring the chain to you herself. No, bear it with you, lest I come not time enough. Well, sir, I will. Have you the chain about you? And if I have not, sir, I hope you have, or else you may return without your money. Nay, come, I pray you, sir, give me the chain. Both wind and tide stays for this gentleman, and I, to blame, have held him here too long. Good Lord, you use this dalliance to excuse your breach of promise to the porpentine. I should have chid you for not bringing it, but like a shrew you first begin to brawl. The hour steals on, I pray you, sir, dispatch. You hear how he importunes me, the chain? 
Why, give it to my wife and fetch your money. Come, come, you know I gave it you even now. Either send the chain or send me by some token. Fie, now you run this humor out of breath. Come, where's the chain? I pray you, let me see it. My business cannot brook this dalliance. Good sir, say where you'll answer me or no. If not, I'll leave him to the officer. I answer you. What should I answer you? The money that you owe me for the chain. I owe you none till I receive the chain. You know I gave it to you half an hour since. You gave me none. You wrong me much to say so. You wrong me more, sir, in denying it. Consider how it stands upon my credit. Well, officer, arrest him at my suit. I do, and charge you in the duke's name to obey me. This touches me in reputation. Either consent to pay this sum for me, or I attach you by this officer. Consent to pay thee that I never had? Arrest me, foolish fellow, if thou darest. Here is thy fee. Arrest him, officer. I would not spare my brother in this case if he should scorn me so apparently. I do arrest you, sir. You hear the suit. I do obey thee till I give thee bail. But, sirrah, you shall buy this sport as dear as all the metal in your shop will answer. Sir, sir, I shall have law in Ephesus to your notorious shame. Doubt it not. Master, there's a bark of epidamnum that stands but till her owner comes aboard, and then she bears away. Our frottage, sir, I have conveyed aboard, and I have bought the oil, the balsamum, the aquavitae, the ship is in her trim, and the merry wind blows fair from land. They stay for naught at all, but for their owner, master, and yourself. How now, a madman, why thou peevish sheep? What ship of epidamnum stays for me? A ship you sent me to, to hire waftage. Thou drunken slave, I sent thee for a rope, and told thee to what purpose and what end. You sent me for a rope's end as soon. You sent me to the bay, sir, for a bark. I will debate this le matter with more leisure, and teach your ears to list me with more heed. To Adriana, villain, hie thee straight. Give her this key, and tell her, in the desk that's covered o'er with Turkish tapestry, there is a purse of ducats. Let her send it. Tell her I am arrested in the street, and that shall bell me. Hide thee, slave, be gone. On, officer, to prison till it come. To Adriana, that is where we dined, where Dalsebold did claim me for her husband. She is too big, I hope, for me to compass. Thither I must, although against my will, for servants must their master's minds fulfill. While I was just reading this scene, I thought of something that I wanted to share. This really reminds me of that old comedy routine or skit, Who's on First, where the person on first base is named Who's. So, Who's on First? Yes, Who's on First? That's kind of what's happening here. Um, Angelo gave 
the chain, basically like a gold necklace, uh, to the wrong twin. So now this twin is saying, I'm not paying you for it because you didn't give it to me. And he's being arrested. Dromeo, the wrong Dromeo, comes up to not his master, Antiphilus, and says, oh, I got us the ship to leave. Because remember, Antiphilus and Dromeo of Syracuse are like, uh, this city is insane. We don't know what's happening here. They're witches or fairies or evil sprites. <laughs> so Dromeo comes to say, oh, I got your boat. And Antiphilus, number two, is like, no, man, I didn't send you for a boat. Go to Adriana, get some money to bail me out of jail. And Dromeo's like, oh, Adriana, that's where we ate last night. My master's also going crazy. Everyone is so confused. We'll go on to scene two. Scene two, the house of Antipholus of Ephesus. Ah, uh, Luciana, did he tempt thee so? Mightst thou perceive austerely in his eye that he did plead in earnest, yea or no? Looked he or red or pale or sad or merrily? What observation madest thou in this case of his heart's meteors tilting in his face? First, he denied you had him no right. He meant he did me none, the more my spite. Then he swore he was a stranger here. And true he swore, though yet forsworn he were. Then I pleaded for you, and what said he? That love I begged for you, he begged of me. With what persuasion did he tempt thy love? With words that in an honest suit might move, first he did praise my beauty, then my speech. Did speak him fair? Have patience, I beseech. I cannot, nor I will not, hold me still. My tongue, though not my heart, shall have his will. He is deformed, crooked, old and sere, ill-faced, worse body, shapeless everywhere, vicious, ungentle, foolish, blunt, unkind, stigmatical in making, worse in mine. Who would be jealous, then, of such a one? No evil lost is wailed when it's gone. Ah, uh, but I think it him better that I say, and yet would here in others' eyes were worse. Far from her nest, the lopping cries away. My heart prays for him, though my tongue do curse. Here go, the desk, the purse. Sweet, now make haste. How hast thou lost thy breath? By running fast. Where is thy master, Dromeo? Is he well? No, he's in tartar limbo, worse than hell. A devil in an everlasting garment hath him. One whose hard heart is buttoned up with steel, a fiend, a fairy, pitiless and rough, a wolf, nay worse, a fellow all in buff, a back fiend, a shoulder clapper, one that countermands, the passages of alleys, creeks, and narrow lands, a hound that runs counter and yet draws dry foot well, one that, before the judgment, carries poor souls to hell. Why, man, what is the matter? I do not know the matter. He is arrested on the case. What? Is he arrested? Tell me at whose suit. 
I know not at whose suit he is arrested well, but is in a suit of buff which rested him, that I can tell. Will you send him, mistress, redemption, the money in his desk? Go fetch it, sister. This I wonder at, that he, unknown to me, should be in debt? Tell me, was he arrested on a band? Not on a band, but on a stronger thing, a chain, a chain. Do you not hear it ring? What, the chain? No, no, the bell. Tis time that I were gone. It was two ere I left him, and now the clock strikes one. The hours come back. That did I never hear. Oh, yes, if any hour meet a sergeant, a turns back for very fear. As if time were in debt, how fondly dost thou reason. Time is a very bankrupt, and owes more than he's worth to season. Nay, he's a thief, too. Have you not heard men say that time comes stealing on by night and day? If time be in debt and theft and a sergeant in the way, hath he not reason to turn back an hour and a day? Go, Dromeo, there's the money, bear it straight, and bring my master home immediately. Come, sister, I am pressed down with conceit. Conceit, my comfort, and my injury. So, Luciana is going to find the money. Adriana has agreed to give it to her husband. Lucy's pretty mad and she's talking pretty bad about him. Luciana told her about how he'd been flirting and tempting her, although it was not the Antiphilus that's actually married to Adriana, but his twin from out of town. So I'll stop there for tonight. I know it's a short episode, but I want to go ahead and get it out to you since I'm behind. So Act 4 will be in two parts, and then we'll try to get this whole thing caught up so that we can get on to our next play. Can't wait to tell you what it is. Thank you for listening to Sleepy Shakespeare.